much love. She wanted to test her husband. She knew exactly what to do. A pseudonym to fool him. She couldn't have made the worst move. It's episode 15, season four of Ravage Love, and that's a little Kate Bush for you guys. Kate Bush is having a moment right now, Julie. Did you know? I did because they used one of her songs in the latest season of Stranger Things, and so a bunch of Gen yes. Z were like, who dis? Running up the hills. And everyone was like, oh my God. Welcome. Welcome. Listen, I watched the season with my son because it's like the only thing he'll do with me anymore is watch her do things. Um, and it was so perfectly placed. And so like the they must have built like that storyline around the song, frankly. Right. But it got me in the heart the same way that Woman's Work did in Handmaid's Tale. I was like, oh, and I wasn't expecting it. But as soon as it was over, I started bawling. Ooh. And my son was like, What's the matter? And I was like, I used to listen to this all the time when I was pregnant in a shelter. And he's like, oh, mommy. So I've been listening to Kate Bush my whole entire life. And I love that now a whole new generation is going to get to listen to her fucking chops because she just is incredible. And I also can identify with Kate Bush because she's now a recluse. Oh, I love that for her. I know. It's like Enya. Exactly. These are women who figured it out. Make your money, make an impression, bounce. And yeah, love this that she's getting a revival, but doesn't even have to participate in it. Just like cash those royalty checks. I'm like, get it, girl. It's it's like when that TikTok of the native guy skateboarding brought all these Gen Z people to Fleetwood Mac. It's like, yes, shit like Kate Bush and Fleetwood Mac. Like this stuff is so timeless that yeah. her stuff will always find a way to come back because it's so good. It's like Tori Amos, like all of these people, you're just like, yeah, it's iconic. It's iconic and it yeah. will always be iconic and new generations need to be introduced to it. So love this great little intro because yeah. it's perfect for our book. Yeah, because we are mm-hmm. finally fucking finishing the Sleeping <laughs> did trilogy, which was really a quartet. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise, it's Beauty's <laughs> Beauty's Tokyo Drift. Yeah. <laughs> so, for those of you who've been following along, we have been reading the iconic A.N. Raclure Sleeping Beauty trilogy, then quartet, that after the third book came out was disclosed that it's in fact Anne Rice. And so, all three books came out 83, 84, 85. And then, around 2012, we had Fifty Shades of Grey exploding on the scene, and it revived, speaking of, you know, things bringing bringing things forward for the next generation, revived interest in Anne Rice's Sleeping Beauty trilogy, because it was kind of the OG, kinky, erotica, sort of edge-pushing book. And mm-hmm. so... Madame Re herself, and oh, that's a French joke, if you are French, if not, fucking, I don't care about you. Uh, <laughs> Madame, Re, <laughs> Madame Re wrote a fourth book that came out in 2015. So this is post Fifty Shades, but pre Me Too. So it's kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And even though it was set, it 
it is it came out 30 years exactly since the last book uh in the storyline we are 20 years after the last book so the last book ended with beauty and laurent um becoming king and queen after laurent's father is killed and they are now king and queen and you're thinking okay typical gonna live happily ever after but there's a bit of a wink wink and that oh they might keep up their kinky ways but it's sort of left there Mm -hmm. so let us pick up from where we left off and we are now 20 years into the future um and queen beauty and king laurent ruled the kingdom for 20 years and then they decide you know what it's time to give it up and they give up the throne and abdicate the throne to their son, who it's like Al Kuin. How did you pronounce it? Al Kuin. You know what? Um, before we go on, I, I need listeners to know that I had to get an audiobook of this. Um, so 16 hours ago, I learned his name. I don't know what it is anymore. I don't care because he never comes up again. Exactly. There's like 4,000 other people. I don't I don't care about this guy. He, He's dead to me. He literally is referenced in one sentence. And it's so hilarious to me because remember in the last conversation we had where it was like, this woman is 15 years old and she's getting railed by hundreds of men and never has a period and never gets pregnant. And then we were like, maybe she's infertile. Maybe she's underage, blah, blah, blah. Well, she's clearly not infertile because she had a baby. And she gives the the throne up to her baby and her and her man go full Kate Bush and decide to be recluses. And they're just going to chill and live their own lives in sort of some semblance of uh, kind of a low profile. Well, Mm -hmm. if you remember Queen Eleanor, the famed Dom, who was particularly cruel or horny, depending on how you look at it, she perishes. (laughs) (laughs) She perishes at sea and in her will tells her minions or whoever to fetch Beauty and Laurent because she thinks they're the only people that can take over the kingdom, basically because they're as horny and kinky as she is, and therefore she believes that they will continue on the tradition of the kinky slave situation that's going on. So at first, they're like tempted but pretty torn and Mm -hmm. we find out that it's because secretly beauty is well it's not sort of secretly but secret like her concern is like but i'm i'm a sub like i'm a submissive person i can't rule over other people in this like particular context like i can't be a dom like i'm just a sub at heart and lara is worried that she is going to basically find another master and like basically leave him. So, um, but then they also think, Hey, maybe this will spice up our sex life. You know, we've been married 20 years, you know, just that age old tale of the old ball and chain, you know? Um, and she's 35, (laughs) Julie, I'm 35. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But think about it. If you were married for 20 years, you'd probably need to spice up your sex life, especially if you met as sex slaves. Um, there. So I'm going to pause here because it's important mm. for folks to know that this book was like Anna fucking Karina with the amount of goddamn characters. <laughs> P- 
people who showed up and you thought they mattered and then they just kind of disappear and you don't really ever know what happens to them. So there's a lot that we are not going to talk about today because it is just, it's a lot. And also I feel like it would take an hour to explain the like tree, the genealogy tree of how these people all know each other. Yeah. But I'm going to throw it back to you because you, <laughs> I not only had to read 50,000 goddamn characters, um, you had to listen to them. So <laughs> you found this as an audiobook, which I find fucking hilarious because I went to pick it up yeah. from the library and I sent you a message with a picture where I was like, because <laughs> all the other ones we've read, we had as ebooks, right? And so I was like, yeah. did you know this book is 400 fucking pages? And you're like, I do. Because I have a 16-hour fucking audiobook to listen to. <laughs> so how was that experience yeah. of not only listening to an erotica <laughs> as an audiobook, but also with so many goddamn characters? Okay, so I have stories. The, I, the reason I had an audiobook was because I knew this story was long. Because I always check the page count. My ADHD needs to know what the end is. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I knew it was going to be long. And when I went to the library, like the Libby app to get the ebook, it was checked out. All the copies, oh, all the ebook copies were checked out. And I was like, fuck, because I know for like 400 pages, I need like a couple days. Um, but the ebook wasn't checked out. So I was like, well, I guess I'll get started on the ebook, on the audiobook. Um, and then finally, the ebook came in like a couple days ago. And I only read one chapter from the actual book and went back to the audiobook <laughs> because I was just invested at that point. Um, you know, big, big shout out to the ladies and gentle thems who are doing the most with voice work in audiobooks. In fact, at the end, they were like, thank you for listening to our production. I was like, that's exactly what this was. It was a production. Um, there were two different narrators. There was a, a man and a woman um, who did all of the different voices. And so there was this like, sounded like an older man being like, I want you to choke up my cock. And then also like move over to the lady's voice and be like, like, oh, master, I love you. Like it was, it was just like a man doing it. And then when it was like the lady's turn, she would do the same thing, but like, she didn't give it like these deep, like different voices like the guy did. But anyway, they did the most. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was. I've never listened to an audiobook before. Um, of any kind. Of any kind. Okay. Um, it was. It was so long. What an was, intro, though. To go I from started, never listening to audiobooks to like <laughs> choke on my cock. Like, oh my god, I love this yeah. for you. So, like, I actually I started it on Saturday. Uh, last Saturday, I finished it today. So six days it took me. Um, and I was out thrifting and because I have like sensory overload, I usually wear headphones or earplugs when I'm out. And so I had my headphones on so I could listen to this ebook. Um, but as I was like, I'd get into the car and I'd keep my headphones on, but, but it would go to my radio and I didn't realize that it wasn't in my headphones. So I'd turn it up so I could hear it. And then I was like driving with my window open and there were like people looking at me. I was like, what's the problem? And then I was like, oh shit. Cause it was like, and then he put wax candles in his butt. Also they said butt plug a lot in this book, which I was like, that doesn't feel true to the time. Like, like I don't think butt plug would be a medieval word. Okay. So there was also some of that, which I love that came up on Goodreads. Cause you look for page numbers. I go right to Goodreads afterwards. I'm like, give me those spicy takes. And the amount of people that were like, the language did not seem 
proper for the times and i'm like the yeah. times when there was a kingdom of fucking human ponies like <laughs> i understand she took some creative license but i did find that that the word butt plug in particular like almost yeah. almost took me out of it like it took me out yes. of the world building because it was like yeah it was weird as somebody who's listened to every single word of this of this book it was it was jarring to hear them be like the soft pink circle of their anus or the little starfish <laughs> covered, you know, and then be like, butt plug. It's like, that doesn't, that's not what they would have called it. That's that she didn't call it that in any of the other books. Also, they said, um, confidentially a lot. Oh, like, yeah. instead of being like, they whispered, it was like, confidentially. Yeah. Like, Stops. Why would you say that? Yeah. Like, are you a cop? What is this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fucking nerks. And so there were, those things kind of bothered me. Um, and there were like a gajillion characters because um, they had to like bring the old gang back, oh, right? Yeah, 100%. Like summer break, they had to all come back <laughs> and they did um, all with their stories and all with like, you know, why they weren't there anymore, like what they could contribute to the castle. Um, and then they had, a you know, a few a sprinkling of a few new slaves under the new regime. But like the whole purpose was that Beauty and Laurent didn't, they weren't really keen on doing this because they didn't love all the politics and policies of the old kingdom. But then when all their friends showed up to be like, you have to come back. Summer break won't be the same without you. They were like, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of things that we didn't love. And they're like, but it's your kingdom now. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. And so they made it better, which is Anne Rice's way of backtracking and undoing all the harm that she did in the other three books. Totally. And that is the biggest yeah biggest commentary that I would have would give to this book but also if you look up this book like it's the biggest commentary that you'll see is people saying like wow she clearly spent 20 years think or 30 years thinking about mm -hmm. the negative backlash because yeah there was certainly people who were sex negative just period who didn't like the Sleeping Beauty trilogy because it was kinky but as we discussed on the pod like there were also many questionable elements around consent so in the book, the king and queen, so Sleeping Beauty and Laurent, which, because you listen to the audiobook, mm -hmm. you can confirm that it is supposed to be Laurent. Um, he's a French prince, yes. He's a French prince of Bel Air. Um, and <laughs> he and her decide, despite their trepidations, that they're going to do it, that they're going to take over this kingdom. And they decide to continue the tradition of sexual enslavement and submissiveness. But strictly overtly explicitly like informed consent so yeah. people are of age they have something to contribute to the community and they are consenting to all of the things and they can leave at any time if they want to and they are not forced to show up there they are not tributes from their family members they are just straight up people who want to go to pound town and be around these delightful uh members of the royal family so some people argue because of that the book is not as hot as the other three we'll come back to our opinion on that piece but it is <laughs> tonally very different um because there's less crying and pleading and like stuff that you're like oh that sounds like it would be really painful still kinky still weird still a lot of out there kind of shit but entirely consensual and so the book is sort of going through that. There's all this kind of subplots and stuff, but there's all of this stuff in the sort of last third of the book, maybe last quarter of the book 
that alludes to this big reveal that's about to happen. So mm. what ends up happening is there's a new character in this book called uh, Lady, is it Eva? It's Lady Eva. Yeah, Lady yeah. Eva, who is basically the manager, uh, as you described it to me, of the kingdom. And you see some things from her perspective throughout the book. So she has some of the chapter's perspective and she's great and she's loved by everyone. And um, her and the others get word that Lexius, also known as Raisin, as I described mm-hmm. him from the last ones, is coming back. He's coming back yeah. to the kingdom. And everyone's like, why? Why would he come back here? And then there's all of this discussion around like, well, he was in love with Lohan. You know, he was in he was, you know, they had such a connection and he was such a good slave. And there's all of this kind of stuff around like, why is he coming back? Why is he coming back? And there is so much buildup to this dude's yeah. arrival. And then he arrives and they think like, oh, he just like missed us. But then it's clear that there's ulterior motives to his mm. desire to come back. And there are pages and pages of them, like of them describing <laughs> how beautiful he looks and how he's coming back and everyone's excited to see him, but what's the secret? And he's like dragging the secret out more than like Andy Cohen in a fucking real housewives <laughs> episode. <laughs> like it is so dragged out that I was like, what is this fucking secret? So Renee, mm-hmm. tell us why was Lara really coming back to the kingdom? So there were a few reasons. Um, the first reason was that he was banished originally by Queen Eleanor or Elena. Queen Elena was like his mistress. Like she loved him. She was in love with him, but he wasn't really in love with her. And he took a, uh, a Dom mistress in the village. And, uh, we learn in that kind of flashback that he's actually royalty. He was never servile. He was always royalty, but he was a prisoner at the salt sultanate as well as everyone else Uh, but there was a reason he was there and we learned that he actually comes from this like fucking family martigal like hidden village in india um you know like we don't talk about bruno well we don't talk about lexius because (laughs) he's been forbidden from being mentioned in this story but um we learn from him and dimitri that there is this secret hidden kingdom since, um, and there they have very unique and one of a kind ways of keeping slaves. And one is that it's a matriarchal society. So all the royalty, all the like leaders are all women and all the slaves are men. And at first they were like, well, are they like, are there eunuchs? Like, what is it? And they're like, he's like, no, no, no. Um, And so he tells them the story of what is actually going on there. And it was the only time I really tuned into the audiobook because I was like, pardon me. (laughs) I was like, what? Um, So I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. Uh, Does that sound okay? Like, that sounds. At no point, at no point in this story do they suggest that this is what the twist is. So exactly. And I want to emphasize exactly what you just said. Like Renee is not kidding when we say that like you're like 
they build up so hard that Laurent has this big secret. And I thought when he disclosed like, oh yeah, actually I'm from India and my family's very wealthy and we're from this like secret place. I was like, oh, that's the twist is that he was like, I was basically cosplaying as a slave. I could have left that any time. I just didn't want to. And I thought that was the twist. And I was like, that's okay. Yeah. And then no, no, Renee, tell us what the twist really was. I don't even know the twist, but it's the bomb drop, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like I no no at no place. The only time they mention magic in any capacity or alchemy in any capacity in this story is that um Laurent and Beauty are visited by the fairy that is the reason that Beauty was able to wake up from her sleep. Like that's it. That's only magic in this story. <laughs> um until this moment. So Lexius has come to ask Lady Eva to come and rule in his kingdom because the leaders are chosen. They're not uh, through bloodlines in this. And part of that reason is that Lady Eva is a very noble and important alchemist. And to be a slave in this kingdom, um, you need to take a certain potion. So let's find out what that potion does, Julie. Are you ready? Yeah, there's an elixir. There's an elixir right here. <clears throat> Tell me about this elixir. Here we go. <laughs> And what precisely does happen to a man who drinks this cup to the dregs, asked the king. Lexius looked at the king and then his eyes moved to the queen and then to me. He was quite the picture now enormously improved by his zeal and the high pleasure he was experiencing at this moment. His face had the rapt expression of someone gazing into the heart of a miracle. Slowly, he lowered his eyes and his hands went to his jewel-encrusted robe and slowly he broke open a long multitude of hooks that were near invisible for the decorative gold and silver threads that concealed them. He opened his long robe a mere half of an inch and then he opened it all the way and dropped it to the floor to reveal his entire naked body. Queen Beauty let out a gasp. I almost fainted. I have never fainted in all my life, but at this moment, I almost fainted. There, standing before me, was a sight I'd never beheld in all my life except in statues or in old paintings. Every inch of his magnificent skin seemed to shimmer in the light, and from his loins rose a cock nearly as big as that of the king, just as thick and just as dark as it stood erect. But what had caused me to weaken and nearly collapse was not the dazzling beauty of all this, but his breasts. His breasts, which were as large as mine, as full and as round, and as high and as firm, his womanly breasts with their hard, dark, rosy nipples. I was staring at a gorgeous, androgynous god, and he regarded us calmly, his eyes moving from face to face as we beheld him. Queen Beauty gave another soft expression of shock. The king wore a radiant smile so like him, but his eyes were huge with obvious wonder. I moved towards Lexius, this exotic being, this god, drawn as if by a chain and then caught myself, caught myself as my hands reached out for his breasts. Oh, you may touch them. My adored mistress, if you wish, he said. I did. I went up to him and I felt them, felt them as I would the breasts of any fulsome female slave under my authority. I squeezed them gently, assessing their firmness, my fingers pinching the dark, tender areolas and the prominent jewel-like nipples. Then I started, or then I stared at the cock, the hard crimson shaft, and I felt the passion kindled unco- uncontrollably. Never had desire ripened so fast as it did in this instant. I buried my face in his breasts, pressing them to my cheeks and my lips. I slipped my arms around his naked form and held him to me, nuzzling and feeding off his breasts. I could not resist his nipples, and as I squeezed them, twisted them, challenged them with the firm play of my fingers, there came another astonishing revelation. 
pale drops of translucent milk began to flow from them. I laughed at them with my tongue. I was going mad. I stepped back as if to save myself from some engulfing madness in which all restraint would be lost. He merely gazed at me with narrow, smiling eyes. His hands hung at his sides. Go on, my adorable lady, he said softly. Taste it. It's yours, as I am yours. And I did. I suckled him hard, embracing him again, and felt the sweet and salty flavor of it. The milk of Aphrodite, said the king. And that was Pony Spanks 4. The boys are back in town. <laughs> and so that's not even the fucking end of the book. I mean, it's basically that's not, the end of the book. not even no. the end of the book. So you're like, okay. So then, then you find out that, that the elixir, like it goes away. So once these men decide they don't want to be there anymore and they just leave or they just, you know, move on or whatever, mm. and they stop mm. taking the elixir, their tits go away. So basically, yeah. elixir is estrogen, <laughs> um, and so that's his that's his shtick uh, is that he's basically the best of both worlds, and it's a world in which men and they still very much identify as men. Um, men are slaves to women, basically, and but you also get the best of both worlds, and so the queen. Madame Beauty is not wanting to give this guy up initially because she's like, well, he sounds fun. Um, and also I like Lady Eva, like she's she takes good care of the castle. She takes good care of the kingdom. People love her. She's really respected. I don't want to give her up. But ultimately she decides, you know what? Go be be with them. I will send guards with you if you hate it or they're mean to you. You can come right back. You're always welcome. So she leaves. And then, I don't know how you feel, Renee, but I actually got, like, kind of disturbed reading the last, like, ten page, whatever the last, like, chapter was, because it felt like a midsummer ritual. <laughs> it was. So I'm pretty sure they mentioned Lupercalia in it, which is a sex festival. It's like, a, it's a sex holiday. Oh, well, there you go. So they have... We celebrate it in the Satanic Temple. Oh, you. there you go. Good to know. So I... Yeah. Basically, the short version of it is Beauty makes peace with the fact that she is a sub and realizes that she can be a sub and still rule the kingdom. So it's very obvious commentary about how subs have power and people who are involved in kink will say that subs typically actually have the most power in a power exchange. Um, and so she, there's like some ritualistic thing where there, again, there's fruit, there's fruit up mm -hmm. her fucking vagina and her man is wearing, there's like some eyes wide shut shit with masks and her yeah. man's like eating her out and eating the fruit out of her in front of everyone. And it's like, rejoice, rejoice. And it's like literally the final scene of Midsummer. <laughs> is how I thought of it. Um, and that's it. it. That, that's how the book ends, is Beauty and Laurent continue to be king and queen, but Beauty doesn't have to deny her submissive tendencies, and Laurent is truly free, and uh, the, everyone is truly happy to be there because they can only be there if they consent to it and are of age. And uh, yeah. that's how she ends it. So... What were your thoughts? I mean, 
I we heard from every Tom, Dick, and Harry from all of the other books. They were all there. All of them. We had Dimitri, we had Alexi, we had Tristan, we had some of the like ladies that were there. Like they didn't have speaking parts, but like they were there. And um, they were just trying to build like the best summer camp ever. Like they were just they they were in charge. They were gonna rule the school and they did. Um I every time that like they would say something that would like correct something from the other books. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I was like, I actually did it. Like, for example, um, the Sultanate gets destroyed, like completely obliterated. And we will recall that that's where they were doing genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. So it's gone. So she's it's like, don't worry, gone. burnt that place to the ground. On it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, there was honestly like, way less paddling in this book significantly less paddling less crying and the reason for that is that it was mostly um from the perspective of the former slaves the now masters mm -hmm. um and i did you know i appreciated that like she kind of went further on the like love for everybody kind of thing because they were like let's have old folks and I mean, they're like 40, but they were like, let's have some, let's have some old folks. And they were all about it. And, uh, you know, they just, yeah, I, it was, I mean, I listened to 16 hours. It's 16 hours. <laughs> I'm not making that number up. I'm not pulling that out of my asshole. <laughs> Where my butt plug would be. <laughs> it's just, it was literally 16 hours. Um, and it was just... It was, it was a lot. And I was more taken with the different, um, voices and the characters. Um, I'm glad we're done. Oh, oh my God. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. Okay. Are you glad we read them? Um, I feel like it was like a chore I had to do that. I'm glad it's done. Like, <laughs> gotta take the trash out. <laughs> I guess I better do that. I gotta do the kitty litter. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> that's kind of how I... The, my, my favorite part about all of this, honestly, uh, just to like pat myself on the back, was coming up with movie titles. Honestly, <laughs> like... I was like, what would I call this? And uh, that was my favorite part, honestly. Um, it's something I might continue to do because it was a lot of fun. I just, I didn't... I didn't even get turned on by it. Like, usually when we read books, like, they spicy. Sometimes they real spicy. Like, the one with the spiders. I loved that one. I loved it. And, um, this was not spicy. The spiders were spicy. The Mothman was spicy. Um, this was, it wasn't spicy. And it, like, even in this one, it was like, people really wanted to be ponies, but we're going to bring back the fillies. It's like, like a Philly cheesesteak? And it's like, no, it's like they're girl ponies. I was like, oh. Like, I don't know. Yeah. People wanted to be like on display and beautiful. And I was like, okay. I was like, as a fat person, like, would I not be welcome in this kingdom? Mm-hmm. Like, I can only imagine like trying to be a pony and having my titties whack me in the face while I'm trying to run. Like, I've breastfed three children. Like, it, it would not be pretty. I would not be invited. <laughs> I would not be invited. This is not a size inclusive kingdom. Um, it's just not like, do they have space for old withered crones? Didn't sound like it. Nope. Did so, not. 
No. They had gross old men yeah. in their 40s. <laughs> gross. <laughs> no, no, like, elderly folks. Except they did have that one, like, spank. Oh, you know, I don't know if you, if you, if you read this because you skimmed, but there is a whole scene where, um, they're in, like, the, the, like, the punishment circle or whatever. And there's, like, this old man who loves, he's, like, the spank master. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just like they're like he was like a lovely old grandfather. I was like, Ugh. I was like, why does he get to be in the village? Like, why is this guy here? Oh, uh, trust. I read that part. <laughs> <laughs> I did read. I skimmed, but I read. And then some parts I was like, at the beginning, I actually was really. I will say, okay, so for the positives of this particular book, I did find she did way more world building than just scene after scene after scene of people getting spanked and crying and shit like i felt like there was more kind of fant- fantasy world building which i appreciated like i don't read fantasy but i just was like oh this feels like a different pace um yeah as you said there were very obvious places where it was like this is her correcting the record basically which i found interesting because uh, again, this was before me too. So this was just that like society had sort of evolved in these conversations. But yeah, so many characters that then just dropped off and you know nothing about them. And like, especially if you're looking at kink shit, like she was pregnant at one point. Like that's a whole, like you could have all kinds of kinks around that that were not talked about. Um, but ultimately... I'm glad we read them, but I'm like you. I'm like, well, that's over. It's like when I read um, Catcher in the Rye and I was like, well, now I know what this is and it sucks. Um, that's kind of how I feel. Also because <laughs> if you recall episode one when Fifty Shades came out and everyone said, everyone who knows anything said it was terrible. And so my mother said, oh, what is a good alternative? And then I was like, oh, I've heard this series is really good. And now I'm like, I made my poor mother read this and no wonder she was horrified. So I feel like I'm due as like, like as the person who recommended it to someone, I needed to read it. And honestly, I just feel like our podcast wouldn't be complete if we hadn't read it. Honestly, just like at some point we're going to have to read Fifty Shades and we'll probably have to read an Outlander or something. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. And it's certainly the blueprint for... Fifty Shades and Sylvia Day and all of those other people, but yeah, like not gonna revisit, not gonna go back to it. Mm-hmm. Not you know, not something that I would ever read again. Um, so glad it's over, uh, yeah. and that we're now into Gemini season, which is my season, and um, yeah, that we're done with not only Anne Rice, but done with fairy tales for a while. So we're going to perhaps take things into a contemporary direction yet to be seen. But uh, for old school fans of the show, as you know, usually every week we have one theme, two books, and we made an exception for these episodes so that we could read this goddamn quartet. But we're going to go back to themes. And for those of you that are not familiar with the world of the stars... The symbol for Gemini is twins because we are known to be all about duality, which as a Gemini bisexual, I feel like very on brand. It's very much who I am. Um, Just like Lexius. 
<laughs> exactly. So um, I we're going to read a book about twins. So next episode, the theme is twins, which you can imagine opens up a world of possibilities. Uh, and a world of hurt, it- just like last year. <laughs> So yeah, we're going to do Twins, which I haven't picked out my book yet. I'm assuming you haven't picked yours out. Um, no. So truly no idea what direction that's going to be in, <laughs> but I hope it's good because we've just done a solid month of painstaking reading about these fucking people. Like if I, if there is pony play in this book about <laughs> twins, I'm going to be horrified. I do not like to yuck people's yums, but I am not into pony play. And there was so much goddamn pony play in these books. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't want to think about horses. I don't, I don't want to think yeah. about them anymore. So twins, twins is where we will be with our next episode. And then we have several other delightful themes on the books. We also have a special guest that's going to be joining us. We're going to be reading someone's book and inviting them on the show to talk about it, which is very exciting. Someone we've never had on before. Very exciting. Um, Renee is going to continue to make fire content on our socials. So, I mean, thank you for joining us on this journey folks, because it was a slog and it was a slog for us. Mm -hmm. We hope we kept it light and and entertaining for you, but it, we did it. And I feel like now I need a bumper sticker for my car of like, my car climbed Mount whatever. I need like, I read the Sleeping Beauty Quartet and didn't die. And <laughs> like, also goes to show. My other car is a pony. <laughs> <laughs> my other car is a cornucopia or whatever the fuck that was. Oh my God. So wild. And I mean, I think it just goes to show how we truly are very, like, profoundly sex positive and non-judgmental on this show because the first three books were just filthy and both of us were like, nah, wasn't horny. (laughs) (laughs) Because, as you said earlier, like, it's true. Like, all of those elements could have been made hot, but it just didn't feel hot to me at all. And yet other books where I was like, this is just going to be a joke to me. I was like, whoo, getting the vapors, uh, but not Anne Rice. So anyways, I hope we go back to Spice. I hope, I actually hope, as even though I love historical romance stuff, I kind of hope that I can find something contemporary. I feel like I want to get back into contemporary times. But anyways, don't know where it's going to go. Uh, I know it's not going to go towards incest because that is not a theme that I will ever choose. <laughs> but Listen, I recognize that you're out there doing the work, (laughs) writing articles about how incest is missed the Me Too moment. I get it. Yeah. But if I can find another Luke and Leia fanfic. I know. If you think for one second I'm not getting my brother on this show, Julie, like, I'm sorry. Like, we might as well wrap it up. I know. I know. it. I survived it last time. I could survive it again. (laughs) But I really fucking hope I don't have to. Um, So we will see (laughs) what the literary world provides me for the theme of twins. But, um... Thanks for joining us on this journey, folks. Thank you so much. We've sur- we're all survivors. We're survivors of the A N Reclure Quartet, which sounds so fancy. It it really does, <laughs> but if you think of it in like Fast and Furious terms, it's not. 
like I did. Yeah, you're right. It's the Tokyo yeah. Drift of the Fast and Furious world, and yeah, we don't need it. So join us. Join us next week when we talk about twins. I will be Schwarzenegger. Renee will be Devito, and we will bring you something. Something. In Renee's case, I'm going to assume something from the bottom of the barrel of the internet because no one finds better obscure shit than you do. It is your gift in this world. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah, I'm glad we got to have this Absolutely. chat, Renee, and I'm glad we survived this journey together. We should go pop some champagne after this because we earned it. Hell yeah. Where's the fucking Moe? Like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Get it, Sleeping Beauty. Now leave me out of it. I'm going to some cocaine and party. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to have some teeth. I'm going to have some fruit out of someone's <laughs> pussy. As you do. As you do. Happy it's Pride, Pride Month. month. <laughs> 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 what's, what's your sapping delight this month? Oh, it's fruit salad, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, wow. it is. It is. It's a, it's my birthday month and it's Pride Month, so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go some places together. But I'm always glad that you're on this journey with me, Renee. That's likewise, and I love you so much. And I'm excited too. to celebrate your birthday from afar. Um, but in the meantime, do you want to sing us out? Sure do. Ravage love, ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.